0: Welcome, you're officially locked into Persuasions of Comfort. I am your host, Naum. I want to give a big shout out to all the listeners out there for tuning in as much as you do. The love and support is 100% greatly appreciated. Today, we focus on part two of our series regarding the six keys to financial success. We are back at it with my guy, Aaron Hyatt, an electrical engineer turned finance professional who is also a QS alum. Shout out to Cuse. Now, just to reiterate a little bit about Aaron's background, Aaron has worked as a business analyst in the financial industry for the past seven years. One of his proud achievements is paying off $60,000 of his own personal debt over the span of two years, including 40,000 in student loans and 20K in credit card debt. Seeing the value of economics and ownership in the black community, Aaron teaches personal finance via Instagram and helps aspiring entrepreneurs to open their own LLCs. Aaron is also an author of a book titled The Six Keys to Financial Success. The link is in his bio. Make sure you grab that when you get a chance. And he helps his peers manage debt via how to get out of debt, of course. Aaron, welcome to the show. Uh, I appreciate you for coming back a second time. No problem, bro. Thanks for having me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Now, Aaron, last time we spoke, we broke down a lot of different concepts regarding financial literacy. I want to begin this segment by revisiting the storyline I introduced in part one of our series. We are all born with time. With time, we acquire money. From the moment we begin to generate income, this is where we branch off into two different categories. The first one, which we talked about in part one, is BMF. Here we focused on how time and money is relatable, the factors that affect our credit, and why it's difficult to manage and stay clear of debt. We also touched on the tools we need or can use to create a reasonable budget and why it's important to maintain discipline when it comes to our spending habits. Part two, which we will focus on today, is the understanding the concepts of money. Here, we want to focus on building consistency, developing habits and routines towards productive financial goals. This also includes savings, investing, building wealth, entrepreneurship, and generational wealth. We concluded two main bullet points from part one time and money. The earlier you start investing, the better the compound interest will be. We also concluded that in this series, that any form of financial success is unattainable if we are incapable of reframing the mindset. We discussed the importance of instant gratification versus delayed gratification. I think it's safe to say that the definition of financial success would be different from someone with a short-term mindset versus an individual with a long-term mindset. Now, we also discussed that some may attribute financial success to physical appearance or materialistic things, while others may view it, others like you and I, might view financial success as someone having multiple strings of income. For someone who has been on both sides of the spectrum, how would you define financial success for you? Um, well, for me
1: personally, um, financial success is number one, just having the proper mindset. So I, I feel like that is step one of my financial success because I know that once I have the right mindset and the right money habits and routines and disciplines then my financial success is inevitable right so that's number one Mm -hmm. when it comes to financial success number two i would say is um, not being in debt for sure number three is making enough money where i don't need a
0: nine to five in order to you know pay my bills right Right. In that case, it kind of brings us to the next topic, which is financial freedom. Having enough money means that to me kind of means like you have that financial freedom to do what you want to do. Now, is there a difference between financial freedom and financial success? Because in both in both cases, you're still trying to reach a goal, a goal to be uh, financially productive. What are you what are your takes on that?
1: Yeah, I think I think financial success is all on perspective. So it depends on the person. Financial success to me is being able to do what I want when I want, right? Mm-hmm. Like not having to have my time blocked off and not be obligated to be a certain place or do a certain thing in order to sustain myself. Okay. But another person might say financial success to them is saving up a thousand five thousand ten thousand dollars for this savings account right so financial success really is really just dependent on you um i think financial freedom like i just touched on is just having the um ability to do what you want when you want right just because you know financially you're covered like you can cover your bases of living you know um uh transportation food all the all the basics okay so that's financial freedom for me
0: okay and you also earlier in the first question you uh, talked about multiple streams of income like you said financial freedom and financial success you know depends on the person and sometimes we may attribute success or financial success with physical appearance or materialistic things. Um, some people view it as having multiple streams of income. How did you go about accomplishing uh, getting or attaining multiple streams of income? Okay, um,
1: well, number one, what I did in order to start doing that, number one, to say um, I'm there fully. Nice. Um, I'm not there fully yet. No, I'm saying I'm not there fully <laughs> yet. <laughs> Something I'm working on, you know, I've built up a couple so far, but you know, I'm always thinking of uh, more ways, Mm -hmm. uh, more streams, right? So number one would be to educate myself because there are a ton of different ways that you can build uh, streams of income, right? There, your your nine to five, your career, Mm -hmm. Um, you can have a, you can be a stock trader. You can receive dividend payments from stocks. You can have um, little side hustles going. You can have uh, real estate income. It, it, there's a lot of different avenues, right? So for me, it was number one, educating myself and learning mm-hmm. um, what are the different ways that I can make money on the side of my nine to five. Yeah. Okay. Um, and number two would be, I would say, taking a look at myself and asking myself, what skills do I have? Right. Like what can I bring to the world that can help people something of value um, that I can
0: exchange, you know, for income? OK, yeah, I definitely get that. Being able to monetize your skill sets to do things exactly. that, you know, might be able to help other people and also help you in the long run. OK, so now that kind of brings us into investing and in your book, uh, Chapter Seven. Uh, You mentioned that investing is the exciting part of personal finance. It is the way that we will build wealth and bridge the gap. Investments do not only involve, only revolve around money. We can also invest our time. Can you talk to us about what benefits did you gain uh, from investing time and money? What did you learn from that process? Right.
1: Um so for for when it when it comes to invest in time, right? Like I've invested my time, let's say in the most simplest example, reading a book. Okay. That's an investment of your time, right? Um you're spending the time to sit down and read a book and educate yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've I've invested my time in uh reading or podcasts such as this one or, you know, just learning um all topics finance. So I've seen all of my returns on my investment of my time, right? Because now I have the knowledge that I can apply and I can see a return uh, financially. Right. So now uh, when it comes to money, I've also invested um, money, Mm -hmm. right? I have the ability to do that because um, I'm wise with my spending and I have extra capital at the end of, my bills and just my normal spending habits so with that extra capital i'm able to invest in different things like stocks or real estate i'm currently working on a home purchase i should be closing that pretty soon nice. congrats yeah appreciate it um so you know first I've, I've invested the time to gain the knowledge and then i've invested the money that i've accumulated mm-hmm. um through saving and smart spending habits okay
0: When we think about investments, uh, I like this quote that you have that you posted on IG. Investment doesn't have to be with your money. Your time is a major investment as well, which you just mentioned. Invest your time to learn a new skill. Your future self will thank you. I feel like this concept um, on its own, again, brings us back to that concept of short-term versus long-term. By investing in yourself, by investing in your time or money, you're getting a better or a bigger reward in the end. Now, again, when it comes to investing, some people say, you know what, I'd rather just save. But you also you mentioned that having money sitting in a savings account is counterintuitive. The value of money will decrease over time. You must invest. Here comes a lot of myths or reasons that we tell ourselves why we should not invest, why we will not invest, or why I don't want to. So, question that i have for you is what are some of the myths or hesitations that you had to overcome when you decided to make that move to invest any myths that i had
1: to dispel um well number one i had to dispel the myth that i should be saving mm-hmm. like just to save right like you just touched right. on um what i did personally i saved up um, an emergency fund and then once that's out of the way now everything that i'm saving is purely for investments you know i saved up a a a nice amount to keep me um covered in case of an emergency but then after that the saving this money sitting here is really not doing anything Mm -hmm. for me one and like you you touched on before um uh, there's a concept called inflation right so every year year over year um, prices go up across the board exactly. like rent rents go up housing um, items go up so it was I had to get over the mindset that I should just save 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 mm-hmm. save forever but it's really just like save 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 and then start investing 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 okay. um, so that's that was a, a huge
0: uh, something that I had to just just learn about. That answer, that response, solid. I want to give a big shout out to my cousin, TJ. She is an entrepreneur and a business owner of an online store called George Jewels. You can check her out at com. That's shop, J-O-U-R-D.com. And based on the conversations we've been having lately regarding money, saving, budgeting, and especially investing, I can tell that she's looking to get to her bag. I mentioned that I started learning about high-frequency Forex trading and how I want to take full advantage on how to make money off the Robinhood app. Some of the hesitations and concerns that she brought to my attention are some of the most common ones that we hear all the time. Not having enough funds to start. The learning process is too long. The stock market is too risky. With so much uncertainty, especially nowadays, there's no real guarantee, especially for individuals who don't really see the big picture or think long term. What can you tell folks who have these types of concerns and hesitations when it comes to initiating their power to invest? Yeah, well,
1: no matter what it is, no matter what you're doing, you could be doing anything in life. You don't just jump into Mm -hmm. it. Without taking the time to learn first, right? Um, So, you know, get some lessons under your belt, get some knowledge under your belt, right? So, when it comes to stock market investing, there are risks, but a lot of them can be dramatically lowered with some education, right? So, you know, there are some people who just jump into it and uh, make risky trades. You know, there are a lot of investment vehicles that are completely safe, like, you know, very, very, very low risk and almost pretty much almost guaranteed, right? Um, The stock market increases, the market as a whole, the economy increases in value over time, generally. So almost any investment, I'm not going to say any, but um, for the most part, like, uh, for example, an index fund or a really good company, over time, you're
0: going to see uh, pretty much a guaranteed return. And, you know, speaking of guaranteed returns, um, and let's just say someone, you know, said stock market's too too risky for your boy, I'm not going to do it, or your girl. And they said, you know, where should I start investing? What can you say about investing into your 401k? Why is that important? And why should, why do some people overlook it? Right. Well, your 401k is super
1: important. Um, obviously, you're saving for your retirement mm-hmm. years. Um, one, you want to make sure you're good um, when that time comes. Number two, you want to get in there early because, like we said earlier, um, the earlier you start, the more money you will have in the mm-hmm. end. And and number three, and my biggest uh, reason for investing in my 401k that is free money Thanks. like you're getting you're getting you're getting Thanks. you're getting not only are you contributing to your retirement account, but so is your employer. Um, and your employer is not going to contribute if you're not contributing yeah. because your employer is going to match what you're contributing up to a certain point. So you know you don't, don't want to leave free money on mm-hmm. the table. so that's really really important. if you are afraid right of investing in the mm-hmm. market, you're not sure, uh, you don't want to lose your money. You know the the, the market goes up and down um, every day; um, it changes. Um, like you said, retirement accounts are are good vehicles that are really really safe. 401ks, um, their IRA accounts, which is a self funded retirement mm-hmm. account. So your your employer doesn't contribute to that. Um, but that's another vehicle that really keeps your investments protected um, under. Um, different rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, so an IRA is a pretty, pretty, really, really safe way to go. No, nice.
0: Yeah, I have two Roth IRAs. Um, I definitely nice. waited. I wait. Thank you. Uh, I waited too late at when I was working at Sephora. I waited a little too late to uh, uh, contribute to my 401 k. I didn't know about it to begin with. I was just like, ah, oh, like I don't want nobody taking money out my check. I'm using my money now. I'm not letting them take money out of my account, but Eventually, through education, -education, self-education, I realized that contributing to your 401k is, again, what we talked about earlier, that delayed gratification, that short-term transforming it into long-term. Yeah. Another thing that people don't see about that or people don't don't realize about investing in your
1: 401k -hmm. is that people might say, oh, it's taking money out of my chest. You know, I want to see more money, right? But at the same time, people don't really uh, realize that 401Ks are a huge tax benefit as well. Big time. Let's talk about that. Right. Like, so what, like, what are the huge? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, essentially, let's say, for example, um, you're you're working in corporate America. Mm-hmm. You're making, 50, let's say you see $50,000 yeah, um, in, in uh, OK. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's say let's do. 100. Yeah. Let's do hundred. We got we got uh, money. I think everybody balling like you, bro. But all right. Let's do hundred. Let's do hundred. Uh, so let's say you're making a hundred k, right, in corporate America, and um, at the end of the year, mm-hmm. right, um, the IRS will look at you and say, okay, how much income did you receive right. this year? If you say I received hundred k, then obviously you you're going to owe in taxes on a hundred thousand. Right. But if you have contributed ten, let's say ten thousand to your four hundred one k, now at the end of the year, the IRS will say, "All right, how much did you make?" Technically, you made a hundred, but you contributed ten thousand to your four hundred one k, so now you're only getting taxed on ninety thousand dollars worth of income. Nice. So it's tax savings. One, um, two, it's 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 matched by your employer. Three, it's growing over time, and four. Um, it gives you a, a really nice, solid
0: cushion to pull from um, whenever you're ready to prepare. Right. Definitely. I, I totally agree on that. And it, it sucks that I it took me a while to understand the benefits of 401k. But once I contributed to that, I realized I had to contribute the max because if I contribute 100 yeah. percent, then that means the company is going to contribute 100 percent. Of free money that i can use later down the line right yeah
1: depend definitely check with your company um depends on your company how much they match um some people i think some of some employers match up to like three or four or five or six percent depending on your
0: employer yeah now you begin chapter seven by defining a few terms and one of those terms begin with the statement assets over everything what did you mean by that yeah, I just want to make a point um, that
1: assets should be your focus, right? A lot of the things that we spend our money on are not things that bring us money mm-hmm. in return. Like we spend money on a lot of uh, materialistic things, things that kind of depreciate in value mm-hmm. over time, right? And and an and asset is something that appreciates in value and um, uh, gives you a return on your money. So assets such as uh, a mm-hmm. stock, right? The stock price will grow over time, and some of them even pay quarterly dividends throughout the year. Yeah, um, that's, that's true. So other assets, yeah, other assets can be uh, real estate. You can another asset could be uh, your business. Just things that you can spend right. money
0: on that can give you money okay. back. So I'm just trying to drive that point home. Gotcha. You have two other terms on there that go along with assets, uh, liability and investment. How would you define what a liability is and then define investment?
1: Yeah, well, quite simply put, a liability is anything that uh, takes money away <laughs> from you um, and an asset is anything that uh, brings you money back, uh, simply put. Um, um, and again, an investment is it's, it's something that you spend time or money on Mm -hmm. in exchange for something of a higher value later down the line. So that's why you have like short-term investments, long-term investments, depending on your definition of what's long-term or versus short-term, anything that you can um, spend time or money on and uh, see a
0: return in the future. I want to touch on steps that you took before you decided to invest. A lot of people don't know when they should be investing, period. And you mentioned that you first handled the issue of debt first. You made sure that you were able to clear yeah. your debt, followed by establishing an emergency fund, saving. You made sure that you had a stash somewhere. I mean, you balling, so it'll probably be like 100, 200K. And then, and then you decided to jump into investments and you felt like this was the best course of action for you? Or do you think generally this, this, that process could work for anybody? No, nah, I think that has to be the process for everybody. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's my opinion. But I think that has to be the process for everybody. Um, uh, kind of just a, a, a pre-step would be to educate yourself right. on a wide variety of financial mm-hmm. topics. Um, and then step one would be to get out of your debt because For the most part, uh, depending on what the debt is, um, if it's interest-bearing, you know, it's growing over time, which makes it harder to Mm -hmm. to get out of. Um, So I would attack that first. Um, And then, uh, like like you said, build your emergency fund, get you a little stash so that you're protected. You know, COVID hit this year. A lot of people lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, it even affected one of my businesses. So it's definitely important to have a little stash, but once you do that, once you clear all your debts and stuff, invest,
0: invest, Mm -hmm. invest, um, because we want to see our money grow and build wealth as quickly as possible. Aside from investing in yourself and the stock market or simply just retirement uh, individual retirement accounts, we could also invest in business or starting our own business and open up an LLC. In your book, you wrote that the route to dramatically build wealth when you're starting with little money, and want to bridge the gap is through business and entrepreneurship. Why do you think that is? Well,
1: because it's kind of like if you don't already have wealth, right? You don't already have money to work with. Like if you have a lot of money, I'm not gonna say easy, but if you have a lot of money to start with, there are a ton of different uh, opportunities for you, mm-hmm. right? You can purchase property. Um, stocks, a bunch of things. But if you don't have money, it's like, all right, now, what What do you have to work with? Like, what tools do you have? If you don't have money, you have your knowledge and your skills. Um, and you can translate that into a business which can generate nice. money. Right? So that, I feel like that is um, the quickest way to wealth
0: um, if you're starting from scratch. Yeah. I, I love the, yeah. the analogy that you made right there and how you were able to bring those two together. And the reason being is that you took two separate uh, two separate entities that we don't even think exist together or could work together, my skill set, and developing it into something that can generate a business. Some people think that, oh, I need money to start a business. But you can't start a business if you don't have any skills. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, You're talking about yeah, how you want to do fact. all these things, but yeah. you, you don't actually know what you can or what you can't do so it's like you're starting at a disadvantage so i I love that aspect there now you started a business as well and you said it um you also mentioned that it got affected affected by covid you want to talk about that a little bit yeah so earlier this year i would say
1: end of february Mm -hmm. i started a an atm business here in jersey so essentially what i was doing is um i had an agreement the ATM owners and the storefronts to keep the ATMs filled mm-hmm. with cash. So there were about 20 ATMs around the area and I would fill them weekly um, with cash and then split the profits between myself and the store owners. So that was just a, a super dope business that I was able to get started. Um, I learned a ton of lessons. Unfortunately, COVID kind of messed that up um, because like I said, I was filling the ATMs mm. with cash. Um, When COVID hit, the bank that I was using actually shut down uh, because of COVID. So they didn't really want any customers inside. So I wasn't able to um, get all the cash that Mm -hmm. I needed. Um, So uh, that business, just uh, at a high level, just to give everyone like an overview on the numbers, like to be specific with the numbers, um, I got a loan for 50k. Right. And and I yep. And I attribute that to having great credit. I was able to access that money when I needed it. So that loan was for fifty K, but through the business I was making about twenty five hundred a month. Okay. From the business. So if you do the math, um that loan will be paid off pretty quickly, about a couple years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Twenty months. Uh, check it yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So a year and some change. And after that, it's just $2,500 a month nice. in profit. So I learned a ton of lessons through this business, bro. Like, it opened my eyes to how quickly you can just build capital
0: and build wealth through business. What were those three lessons?
1: Um, okay. So, aside from just mm-hmm. business, um, I learned that networking is super duper important. You, you never know who you know that can help you get to get right. to where you want to go. I had a good friend from high school who was in the business, right? He had an ATM. Well, he has an ATM business in South Jersey. Store owners were looking for someone who can run it um, in North Jersey, okay. where I live. So just the fact that I, I had that connection was really, really cool. I was able to jump into that business. And then I started building relationships with the store owners as well networking okay. is really really key even, even, even with the banks the, the bank owners I was able to you know build relationships right. with them so that they can supply me the cash that I needed every week you know what I'm saying so relationships are, are really really important and the, the other key is um, credit like I said credit is really really important um, It's great. it's super important to keep a high credit score because you never know when you might need mm-hmm. to borrow money from somewhere whether that be for a business loan a personal loan you know uh, a car loan you might need a car and you need good credit so that lenders can see that you're a responsible uh right. borrower right so when the
0: opportunity came i was able to get that 50k like quickly yeah. within like a week because uh, we talked about credit in part one in our uh, last week episode and it's I find it interesting how even down the line where we're talking about business and entrepreneurship, and mind you, there's a lot in between credit, debt, managing, saving, budgeting, uh, investing. And then now we're at a part where we're uh, talking about business and entrepreneurship and how credit now also becomes a major factor on you know, your future. And remember how we talked about how some people ignore their credit they don't treat it as an emergency because they think that it's a social norm just to have debt. Um, so I love the fact that, you know, having a high credit score and keeping a high credit score is something that you learned um, by starting your own business. Yeah. because not, so
1: having a credit score is not only important to be able to access mm-hmm. money when you need it. It's also important because it'll save you money right. over time, right? Because Higher credit scores lead to lower interest rates. Um, so um, I'll just give a quick example. Right now, I'm in the process of purchasing a multifamily mm-hmm. property in, out here in Jersey. So um, I'm getting a mortgage, right? And not only was I able to get approved, but I'm also approved at Next. a low rate. So essentially, my monthly payments are
0: lower than the average person with uh, average Copy. credit. Now, one of the things that resonated the most throughout our conversation is a shift in that mindset and utilizing your time. Utilizing your time to make strides towards a financial goal. And that financial goal could be anything. But when we think about it, we come down to it. One of the obstacles of becoming an entrepreneur or having a business um, sometimes is known with the fact that you had to put in a lot of time into that business. So, Sometimes people may say, you know what, starting a business is tough or being an entrepreneur is tough because I have to work nine to five. But however you say different on one of your IG posts, uh, which I, I like. I like this quote as well. Um, don't let social media fool you. Not everyone has to be a full time entrepreneur. Start small. What's the message there?
1: Yeah, the message there is don't be afraid. hmm. All right. Um, The message there is um, you might see other people with Mm -hmm. full-on businesses that, you know, look like it requires a lot of time and energy, but you can start where you are. Um, Take a look at your skills. Take a look at the amount of extra time that you have and kind of decide, all right, what can I do with the extra time that I have? I have um, this amount of hours outside of my nine to five. I have these skill sets. I have this Mm -hmm. amount of money. All right. Now, what can I do with that? And I can start small. Start small. Build your customer base. Um, build that experience. Period. Uh, you know, start where you are, and it'll take you really, really far. But it's really just important to just start. Period. Yeah, getting started. That's yeah. how it was with
0: my podcast. Oh. Like I, I had this idea for the podcast about three years ago. And um, mm-hmm. I earlier this year, I dropped my very first podcast. So I was talking about it for two years and never actually put something out until my cousin said something like, yo, you know, what's the deal? Uh, friend Sophie also yeah. said the same thing, like, yo, like, where is it at? So I had to drop, I had to drop something. So shout out to my cousin VP and Sophie for that push. Yeah, it's crazy once you start, you look back like, wow, all I really got exactly. to get started. And now momentum is building and, Mm -hmm. you know, feels good for sure. Uh, With that same quote, you continue saying, once you learn how to monetize your skills, you can reinvest into yourself and into your community. We can make our own money. We can start our own business and we can build our own brands. Our dollar is power. Now, I want to put a tag on this statement here. I love this one. And we're going to jump into something real deep here. The key words that stand out to me is community and our dollars power. And it brings me back to the conversation that we had um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, seeing the value of economics and ownership in the black community. What does that mean to you? What, what What were you thinking about when you said that the economics of ownership, just ownership and then black community because we know within the black community, it's hard to own anything like what are your thoughts? What were you thinking when you when you posted that? Well, yeah, that's,
1: that's everything right there to me. That's really the reason why I, you know, just even go so mm. hard in general. Um, I just feel like that's super duper important, right? As a culture, we kind of have a, um, other people have had a head start on us for mm. one reason or another, right? So it's kind of like you're playing catch up. And then you can see the effects of that lack of um, ownership in mm-hmm. our communities, right? It kind of trickles down to everything in society. Um, it trickles down into education that we receive in our neighborhoods for our children. Um, the opportunities that we receive because we're not in positions of power or positions of uh, um, financial strength, um, period. Like it's just super duper important to me. Uh, I know it, it has a huge, huge effect on not only me, but people that I'm close to, my community, um, people that I care about, you know, it's really, really important. I I think, like, uh, since there are a lot of just social inequities that we face, um, and there are different ways to combat that and improve um, the situation in in Mm -hmm. our communities, right? Uh, Yeah, I feel like once we build
0: wealth, that's where the real change Mm -hmm. starts. Yeah. We're gonna talk about wealth in a in a second, but why is ownership so hard to obtain? Um
1: I, I think it's a little difficult to attain just because there are so many kind of old, already established companies and systems that have been around for decades and generations and passed down from generation to generation, right? Most of the things that we use, most of the products that we consume, the media outlets, the stores that we go to, just all the everyday um, items that we purchase are owned by other people. So it's kind of like, you know, you're starting from scratch and you're building new brands. There are already these other brands that are already established
0: and you kind of have to build that, um, just, uh, from a branding standpoint, it's not saying that there's no point. The process is longer where you might be able to start something on your own and make that pop.
1: Yeah. Like a lot of times we'll try to get into companies and and move up and and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't lose the ownership.
0: Okay right and 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 ownership is 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 where the decisions are made and not only are you uh, conscious about how you spend your money but you're also aware about where you spend your money and where your money goes and you mentioned that you have a goal to get to a point where one day majority of your products that you use are black owned that's your Independence day i think that's that's super dope (laughs) for sure like Um, do you what do you think about uh banking black? Like, is that something that you uh tried? Have you tried it before? Um, would you recommend it?
1: Yeah, so I had a I had an account with Mm -hmm. One United, which I believe is the largest largest black owned bank in the US. Um, I think I think banking black is really important. Um, because banking black just has a lot of uh positive trickle-down effects, right? Because a lot of the people, people don't realize that um, a lot of the loans that people get, right, whether it be for car loans or, or home loans or some student loans, they come mm. from banks, right? And a lot of these banks who are owned by other people, some a lot of them are kind of biased in their lending. And there are stats to prove that, you know, a lot of these banks are lending are giving lower approval rates and higher interest rates to equally qualified people um, on both sides okay. of the spectrum. Um, so once you have Black-owned banks that are thriving and successful and just filled with different users and, and, and their capital gets built, now we have opportunities when it comes to lending and receiving
0: loans for whatever purposes, business, real estate or right. whatever it may be so now we want to touch on generational wealth which you mentioned earlier what does generational wealth mean to you and why is it important to achieve um to me
1: generational wealth is having assets in place that not only sustain you in your lifetime but can also right. help your children your kids kids right so for instance, let's say you had a, a business or property um just you know things that generate mm-hmm. generate wealth um there's actually studies that show that homeowners are um, uh, more wealthy than uh non home mm-hmm. non homeowners right that's like a basis when it comes to wealth home ownership um so once you have that in place, you can kind of pass that down to your children and now your children have greater opportunities right because they Finance, finance money is not a burden yeah. for them, right? Now they can really focus on their education and, and um, uh, giving value in the world, right? Because now they have one less uh, burden on their plate. Uh, a, a lot of uh, wealthy people in this country are not wealthy because of their hard work. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, a lot of it is from their parents yeah. or just generationally. they've They've had their parents have had opportunities that we haven't had. So it's important for me to
0: um, put in the Mm -hmm. work now uh, just to kind of make the world a better place for um, future generations. So generational wealth is basically setting up or passing down opportunities from one generation to the the next. And, yep, you know, something that generates some sort of return. And I think that's a, a key word right there. What do you tell the people who are just like, Nah, I worked hard for my money. My kids are going to have to do the same. They're not getting no hand-me-downs. I didn't get a hand-me-down. <sighs> well, when it comes to an asset, right, it's not like
1: it's something that, you know, you can't enjoy and mm-hmm. pass down as well, right? When it comes to materialistic things, those things you really can't pass down, right? Like a, a pair <laughs> of sneakers, or Mm -hmm. a nice car like that'll really lose value over time you know. but when it comes to you you can you can work hard and enjoy the fruits of your labor right but if those fruits are not able to be sustained over time you know then you're just really not doing a service to your your, your family and your community i think it's important to teach the value of hard work for sure but it's really important to just have some assets in place that you can pass down and and just make it
0: easier for gotcha. the next generation. So, what steps are you taking to build generational wealth?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So, for me,
1: it starts with my mindset number one. Like when it comes to just how I manage the money that I make right mm-hmm. now, right? I have, um, I do work in corporate America. Um, I work in New York City with an investment firm. And the salary that I'm receiving right now, the way I'm managing that, leaves me with a lot of extra money at the end of the day that I can use to invest. Mm-hmm. So that's step one is really just getting rid of the instant debt gratification and, and making purchases to impress other people. Like those are just things that I'm not doing right now um, because it leaves me with more capital that I can invest with. So uh, one, I'm saving a lot of my income and I'm putting that into assets such as um stock market and uh real estate number two i do intend to build a really nice real estate mm-hmm. portfolio i'm starting i know out here in jersey new york the tri-state area like prices on homes Ridiculous. are crazy so um i've actually been searching for a while for just like a, a pretty decent deal um i think i've found one like i said i'm in the process of closing mm-hmm. on one right now um just have to renovate it once i once i get it but um we're, I'm in the process of closing that one right now. So, I do plan on building a nice real estate portfolio, one that I can pass down to my children, um, you know, and then for their children as well. Um, and then that just leads to
0: so much opportunity. I got that for sure. And one of the issues or problems that we face when it comes to uh, ownership, building generational wealth, is that wealth gap. And we talked about this as well a little bit. I want to ask you, why does the wealth gap continue to get bigger? Ah, why does it get bigger?
1: <laughs> um, like I said, man, it, 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 in, a lot of, in a lot of instances, it takes some money to make. Like, it's very easy to grow mm-hmm. your wealth. When you already have wealth to begin with, like ten dollars invested into the market at a uh let's say a hundred mm-hmm. percent return right turns into twenty but if you have ten thousand at a hundred percent return that turns yeah. into twenty thousand so it's it's very easy to you know expand that wealth gap number one number two i i, I think and this is something that I see personally, um, even with myself, like I didn't have just the financial education. Like, I did, a lot of the things that I know now, I didn't learn growing up. Um, I started learning once I started working um, in, in finance. So I just think that education, that knowledge, is a knowledge we'll gap, gap as well, not mm-hmm. just a wealth gap, you know, and for, for one reason or another. Um, so that it's, it's very easy for that wealth gap to continue to grow. But I think um things are really changing now. You know, I see a lot more people being comfortable with the, the conversations of money. You know, money was not something that we talked about growing up. I think that should be just like a table yeah. talk. Like I feel like at talk at dinner with your family about money, like it's really important. Like we should normalize that. Okay. Um, so I, I think it's really changing, but it's it's gonna take some time and some effort, but I think um it's a hundred percent
0: a problem that can right. be solved. So you say it's the the lack of education, the lack of internal conversations with friends and family, uh, making the conversation about money a social norm. It's one of the things that the wealth cap does is it limits our access to capital um, opportunities that can right. multiply um, over time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, so it's not it's not just a it's not it's not just
1: education. It's 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 a lack of education, a lack of wealth, just capital to work with, and a lack of mm-hmm. opportunity that's really important, like you just said.
0: that You can kind of insinuate that it, those people who have the money, it gives them room to make rules and regulations about who can actually enter the club. Exactly. And there have been rules
1: and literally laws yes. <laughs> set up in place that you know, kind of limits opportunities for Mm. people of color and um, just uh, minorities in general. Um, You know, there have been things and there continue to be things, even when it comes to lending to this day, lending practices are um, disproportionate. Mm -hmm. So it's really just a lack of opportunities as well.
0: Okay, so and I kind of want to take a well, I feel like this kind of leads us into uh, the culture. I want to talk about the culture as well. And how that relates to, you know, generational wealth, ownership. Um, When you think about it, social media plays uh, a huge role um, on how uh, we make moves and how we move around. It displays a lot of talented, you know, people. You know, we, I, hands down, like we talked about, I feel like we do have the best culture. Everybody wants a taste of Black culture, whether it's food, dancing, music, sports, whatever the case may be. We got the juice. And it's clear that we got the sauce, sauce. you feel me? And one (laughs) thing that you mentioned is our dollar is power. You know what I'm saying? So we, um, I remember before I asked the question, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and she said something that was interesting to me where she said that the black community has the largest spending capital. And she followed that up with, how do we chip away at the system that's designed to keep us distracted from obtaining wealth? And that brings us back again to the culture. Like, what are we doing? Why are we not mobilizing in a way for us to make sure that our dollar is power? So the question for you is, when you think about these two things and how they correlate to each other, what are your viewpoints on the black culture and the fact that, you know, we have the biggest spending capital, like how would you change that around to make it work in our benefit?
1: I don't think it's anyone's fault per se in yeah. the culture, right? I I think I think it's just human nature, right? So when you come when you're coming from a place mm-hmm. of lack or a place of not having, once you start accumulating something, you kind of want right. to show it off. And that's just human nature, and that and that leads to flex <laughs> flex culture and and blowing money fast, like you said, um, going to VIP, getting the yeah. bottles. I've done that. Like we all done that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just making purchases to show that it's kind of like a a stamp, and because you know, just looking at uh mm-hmm. your surroundings, that uh, we come from a lot of us, not not all of us, but um, as a whole, when it In comparison, um, a lot of uh, people of color are coming from poverty and and places of lack. So it's very easy to want to um, just display how far you've come, basically. Um, So which makes it harder to even try to climb out of that because those um, flashes of of money and those shows of, of wealth aren't assets right they aren't mm-hmm. bringing you money over time and and and, and they're expensive like uh, i think just buying the most expensive things is is, is is uh it's just not great for your financial health and you know the culture is great don't get me wrong i love it you know the music the entertainment is lit like yeah. you know, we own it like it's lit but at the same time you gotta kind of have set goals for yourself financially and uh kind of not it's hard not to but you have to build some resolve within yourself to say all right um what are my goals what's important to me and what makes me happy um is it trying to impress other people
0: with my purchases or is it building wealth for myself Uh, this culture of spending is definitely part of a system um, you know pers- purposeful tactics used to keep us from accessing you know money and opportunity because we're always entertained with things that don't really matter. Yeah. So in my mind, when I think about it when I had this conversation, I, the problem is the social norms around are the social the problem is the social norms around money and how we spend it and you know we're always concerned with keeping up with the trends and and flexing and not really seeing the bigger picture so how do we still stay responsible meaning we're still investing we're still budgeting we're still doing the things that we need to do to be financially progressive but still be able to flex within that culture that we're in Mm -hmm. i think i think it starts I'll just give myself
1: Mm -hmm. for a personal example, right? When I first started making, well, when I first started in corporate America Mm -hmm. and received a salary, right? I got a bonus check, like straight out of college, a bonus check. I think it was maybe $3,000 that I saw in my account, which is the most Mm -hmm. I've ever seen in my account, which is, which is, which, which, which shows how much we come from a place of lack. So at that point I didn't have knowledge. Right. And the first time I saw that money, my first thought was, "What can <laughs> I buy? Like, how can I spend this?" Sad to say, that was my first thought. Like, what can I buy? I got three k right now. Bikes. What can I? What can I? What can I cop? Um, but I, I, I think it 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 starts with a lot of self reflection, right? You have to take a look at yourself and 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 say mm-hmm. to yourself, like, what really makes me happy? It's not materialistic things. It'll never be. Like, you have to really uh learn about yourself and say all right what 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 makes me feel good like is it spending time with my for me personally it's spending time with friends and family it's exercise it's achieving my goals like those are the things that really feed my my spirit um it's not materialistic things so it really starts with that i think it starts with self reflection um and don't get me wrong like it's we work hard um we're young we're enjoying life like I'm not saying don't right. drop any money on anything. But uh, for the most part, a lot of the things that we're purchasing are highly unnecessary, like to say the least. Um, so, you know, I think you can, you can, you can enjoy yourself and, and spoil yourself mm-hmm. um, within reason. Set a budget for yourself. Um, add a little bit of money just for, you know, play money for yourself. But just make sure that um, it uh, you set your goals, set your budget, um, leave a little bit a little bit of money in there um, just to really enjoy yourself. But make sure that you have right. goals
0: that you're um, striving for. And- how would you uh, suggest that someone reinvest money into their community? So, how other than investing into Black businesses, what other ways would you suggest someone to invest money in their community?
1: you can even go around the country and you can see little pockets of other cultures that are thriving. Um, and they're all supporting each other. Like there's neighborhoods like a town over for me (laughs) that are completely, let's say, for example, Jewish, um, like I'll see like a Jewish laundromat, Jewish grocery store, a Jewish, uh, uh, doctor's office. They're all supporting each other. And that's great. I love it, and you know, and it's it's helping their community to grow and thrive. So I, I think it's important to mm-hmm. um, number one just keep continue to set up businesses, like investing sure. investing in your own business is a way to help your community. It's a black business that um, you're giving people the opportunity to support, and and once we're able to start our own businesses and start building ownership, now all of our money is circulating, right? So whenever we need a loan right. for something. Um, there's a black bank that can loan it to you. Um, you know, you're spending money with your counterparts and they're spending money with you as well. And that just leads to a lot of circulation and a lot of growth. I think you can invest in your education, um, not only for you, but for your, uh, um, your immediate circle, your friends, your family, you know, talk about money, learn about it, read
0: books. We're living in a society where it's just like uh, individualistic views not everyone thinks about community advancement, right? And so that's why I had to switch it, especially like with COVID now, it's just like, yo, it's simple, just wear a mask. Society, this is the culture where a lot of people think just for themselves and they don't want to advance the community as well. If you had the capital to own or have any business anywhere in the world what would your business be and why you know here's 50 mil 100 mil what, what would you what type of business would you have
1: mm. well i think mm-hmm. just in today's world it's 2020 right um it's 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 the wave of tech um so i am playing with a, a few ideas in the tech space i would Definitely mm-hmm. own a, t- uh, a tech company of some sort. Um, I feel like uh, tech really bridges the gap. You know, it it makes it easy to connect. I, I feel like it would have to be something that's tech-inspired, something tech-inspired that can help okay. the Black community gain wealth somehow. Maybe recruiting software that recruits for diversity. Or a lending software, a a fintech company, a financial and tech company that assists people in getting business loans or whatever the case may be. Something in tech, for sure.
0: That's a solid business plan right there, if you ask me. Now, Aaron, can you share any final gems with our listeners? How can they get in touch with you? What can they expect from your course? And what's next for you? coming up on the horizon?
1: Yeah, you can definitely get in touch with me through Instagram. I I teach a lot of different topics up there. So um, you can just follow me. Um, I'll be dropping some content consistently just to teach finance. Um, And if you want to support, um, there's an ebook that I wrote. Check that out. Uh, Also, a course that I've created on how to get out of debt using the skills and techniques that I used to get out of my debt. Um, and also, if you're planning on starting your own mm-hmm. business, I can also help you start your LLC. Um, so I just want to say to the people, like, uh, continue to strive, like, set goals, build great money habits, right. educate yourself, educate yourself, educate yourself.
0: I want to take this time to review the recurring themes and gems that we've covered in our financial fundamental series in part one and part two. Number one, mindset. Learning how to shift your frame of thinking from instant to delayed gratification. We also talked about time utilization. I love this one right here because I published an episode which focuses on time utilization versus time management. The earlier you invest, the more the bigger the return. One of my favorite quotes. The best time to invest was yesterday. The next best time is today. I appreciate the simplicity in this quote because I can use it and apply it to anything that I do. We touched on credit. We emphasized the importance of credit. We discussed credit in part one and part two and how it plays a huge role in how much interest you have to deal with on the back end. Having a good standing line of credit will come in handy in the future. With credit, we also touched on responsible spending habits. Rule of thumb, if you cannot make a payment within your next billing cycle to clear off what you owe, then don't even think about making that purchase. Learn to live within your means by creating a budget sheet and a savings plan. Number four, investing, investing your time in self-education, in businesses, the stock market, your community, individual retirement accounts or 401ks. These are all examples of vehicles which can generate income and growth, knowing the difference between an asset and a liability. For example, a lot of folks think that owning their home is an asset. When in retrospect, it's a liability, unless that home is generating income for you. Rule of thumb, once a dollar goes into it, make that dollar work for you. It should never come back out. Number five, self-education. The future belongs to those who prepare for it today. Malcolm X. Knowledge is power, but it's only powerful when you apply it and use it. Jim Quick. In this case, I can apply this concept by understanding my spending habits and knowing where my dollar is going. As a black man in America, knowing that my dollar is power, my spending habits are contributing to the masses. I am influencing culture. You are influencing culture. Before you decide to spend your hard earned money, Think about who's getting a profit, who is benefiting from the flex culture. We also touched on community. As we continue to drive these things forward, I wanna put a tag on community advancement, investing in black owned businesses, helping out local community stores. It's no secret that the black community as a whole is the best culture. Period. So let's continue to support black businesses and bridge that wealth gap. And last but not least, in the big takeaway, very important concept here, generational wealth. We tapped into the obvious fact that people of color have been denied for so long access to wealth, opportunity, rights, and the list goes on. The one takeaway that I wanna put in caps here is generational wealth. Once you get to this part, you've pretty much mastered everything we've discussed in part one and part two of this series. Learning how to leave wealth behind for future generations to come. Providing a step for others to follow. Just imagine, the feeling of having friends and family and your peers come to you with the same burning question. How do you stay financially responsible and still manage to flex? That, ladies and gentlemen, is what I call goals.